Welcome to the Waste of Web Space podcast, episode 14. Starring Jimbo and Fisher. And this podcast we have entitled, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. Two months ago. It is, yeah. So Because it, it technically has. Uh, it is Christmas. It's our technically our Christmas special, isn't it? If you, could, if you can't get enough of Christmas specials, here's another one. Yeah. If there wasn't enough Christmas you know, paraphernalia with the things going out in the shops sort of at the end of September, then nearly at Christmas time we're going to do some Christmas things. And neither is wearing a Christmas jumper either, which is a bit of a letdown. Nope, but it's quite warm. We are back in Jimbo's house. We're back in his kitchen with the ensuite. The kitchen with the ensuite. We're back in here. And also, because we're at Jimbo's house, I believe Jimbo has even bought the beers today. I have brought the beers because um, I let you get two rounds in a row, didn't I? So um, we have got a beer this time. We, is this a good point to mention um, that we didn't get a retweet off Copper Dragon? We did not. Um, <laughs> do, you know, do you know why I think we didn't get a retweet from them? Because it turns out nowadays they are based in Lancashire. Oh, right. Well, that's... well. All, all that work trying to promote Yorkshire breweries, it turns out, based in Lancashire. And, and to be fair, they don't look like their Twitter account's very uh, active Anyway, to be fair, it's not a, it's, it's not used very much. They might spot it in a in a year of time or so, and then retweet it, and then we can mention them a bit later on down the line. Well, do they even have the internet in Lancashire? I don't know. I'm not sure. But anyway, I've got a themed beer this time. Hopefully, we'll get a retweet from this shot lot. And actually, um, I went down to Beer Central in the um, Moor Market, so it's a, a beer shop, so international sort of mini sort of beer shop. It's, it's international. It's international beers, so you've got one from Yorkshire, yeah. Yeah, be, beers from across the world, the EU. Um, Apparently Nigel Farage likes his beers, but he doesn't buy them from that shop. It's too international. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got a, a beer, and and I didn't go for international ones. I actually tried to stick more local. Um, and what I actually managed to pick up was a Christmas themed one. This one is Jingle Bell Rock uh, by Pennine Brewing Co. A golden ale, and uh, it's from we said Beedale, didn't we? Which is sort of North Yorkshire area. Uh, so I've got this for Fisher. Um, hopefully we'll get a retweet this time when we mention them on Twitter later on. Isn't Beedale that uh, posh thing that people have in the bathrooms that you? Uh, have next to the toilet. Oh, the baby toilet sort of yeah. thing. No, that's that's uh, yeah, that's that's a B day. Never mind. So, what's coming up on the show then? First of all, so apology of the week. We've got that coming up very shortly. Then we've got In the News. Uh, so Fisher's going to be taking us through what's been going off in the news uh, this week or so. Uh, we're going to look at... We're going to, just going to do Christmas in general, I've got down. You've got... Uh, so we've got a couple of things lined up. We're going to, first of all, try and do the casting for a modern nativity. Um, because, of course... We need to sort of mod- modernise the Christmas nativity, and we thought we could do a bit of casting using uh, sort of current celebrities. Uh, Fisher's currently destroying the Jingle Bell Rock because the bottle opener we've got isn't great, and we're yeah. struggling to open it. We might have to use it with his teeth in a second. I've done it, I've done it, I've done it. And then we've got the uh, regular, irregular feature this time, uh, brought to you by Fisher. And what have you prepared for us this week? I've prepared a Christmas quiz about the history and traditions of Christmas. And is, and you've, you've done that because it's Christmas? I mean, I wouldn't have well, expected an Easter quiz. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I'm, I'm not the supermarkets. So, apology of the week, then. Um, I have to make today's apology of the week to animals. Uh, any idea why, Fisher? Do you want to have a quick guess of why we need to apologise to, to animals? Um, well, I don't know. You've got a cat. You've got 
cat, two cats. Have you done something to them? No, I've not done anything to them. I've only got one cat now. All right. Um, Sorry. And that's not because I did anything to them uh, in particular. Um, But yeah, there is a reason why I've got to apologise to animals. And that is because last week it was the Human Rights Podcast. Uh, We did a Human Rights themed podcast because it was Human Rights Month. And it was actually Human Rights Day on the 10th of December, I believe it was. So that's why we did that. But actually, we can't forget the animals. It's also Animal Rights Day on the 10th of December as well. So we, we kind of miss them out. Well, how stupid is that? I mean, out of all the days they can choose to promote animal rights, they go and choose the same day that they promote human rights. I mean, well, what kind of idiots run this? The, the idea is probably because they expect uh, animals to have the same rights as humans. That might be one of the reasons why. Uh, but the thing that brought this to my attention was a tweet, um, and it's from not not it wasn't to us. It was something that I saw on Twitter. And it was somebody uh, called Megan, which is a uh, body posse panda underscore. Uh, so they already got quite an animal sort of um, theme to their name. Um, but they, they their tweet on Twitter was quite interesting. They said, Today, I found out that in Switzerland, it's illegal to have just one guinea pig because they get too lonely and need a friend. It's against the law to get your guinea pig get uh, pet lonely. So you can't have a lonely guinea pig. You must have at least two guinea pigs by law in Switzerland. Not, not one. Right, uh, well, that is a very interesting fact there. I mean... Also, if your guinea pig gets old in Switzerland, and I believe there are certain homes you can take them to to get them put down, is that correct? Uh, potentially, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Is is there a law, if you live in Guinea, that you can't have a Switzerland pig? Are, guinea, than... are guinea pigs allowed uh, the right to a, a, a sort of uh, fair trial and all that kind of thing, if the court doing anything they shouldn't do? I don't know, I mean, Switzerland, I think, is the is it the home of the European Court's just a court of human rights? Yeah. Court of human rights? Are so... guinea pigs allowed to have the money there? <laughs> I don't know, I mean... Do they have Swiss a... bank accounts? So, what's been going on in the news? Uh, well, there's been quite a bit going on. I mean, I would also say we've got the beers out now. Someone actually asked me, are the beers real? As though we would somehow get some kind of fake beer and just make up that we're drinking some beer on the podcast. They are very real no. because Fish has just spent about five minutes trying to open it and not actually doing the podcast. Yep. Much more important to Fisher was opening a bottle of beer. And the quality of our podcast has improved immeasurably during that uh, moment. Uh, one thing that caught my eye this week was that uh, Keith Chegwin sadly passed away. Um... I had I, I, I said to someone the other day, I said, I've got breaking news alert on my phone. I said, Keith Chegwin's died. And someone said to me, who's that? And at that point, I had to try and explain who Keith Chegwin was. I mean, and that is a very difficult thing. I suppose all I could really positive say about him was that he was entertained from the 1970s and he's not as yet been put in prison. Um, <laughs> Which although... is an achievement for anybody. <laughs> in fact, indeed. From that generation. Exactly. And uh, he's never, um, I've never been involved in any scandal and very much seems like a very nice bloke as well. One thing that intrigued me is that I went on YouTube and there is a song that is called Keith Chegwin for a Day, uh, to which the lyrics basically are Keith Chegwin for a day, Keith Chegwin for a day, I wanna be, wanna be, wanna be, wanna be Cheggers for a day. That has been on YouTube for eight years. Do you know how many views it's got? Go on. About 600. Well, maybe uh, as a result of promotion on this podcast, it might get uh, a little bit more. I'm not sure. Um, What's your favourite memory of Keith Chegwin? Um, probably appearing on every possible celebrity programme. Although, particularly, he did a, a quiz show on Channel 5, which I never watched. <laughs> uh, Is this the same one that I, you probably think I'm going to mention? Possibly, yeah. You've got a grin on your face. What, what, what do you, what, go on, you tell us uh, what you think it was. He presented a programme called Naked Jungle, I believe. <laughs> he did, yeah. Which the contestants of Naked Jungle had to be naked, which is obviously part of the name. But for some reason, as presenter, Keith Chegwin also had to be naked. <laughs> 
believe, I, I believe it was actually said to him, you don't have to take your clothes off if you don't want Keith. And he said, yeah, go on, I'll do it anyway. <laughs> he misunderstood. Uh, anyway, uh, what else have we got going on? Theresa May has been in the news. She's not she been has. having much luck again. Uh, we don't really like to mention the B word of Brexit, but um, it's so, been mentioned. so we've just done it. Have we got the Brexit buzzer yet? No, we haven't. Um, and just can she do anything right? I mean... She paid, was it £1.5 billion to the DUP to ensure that she got their votes? I mean, whether or not that's actually technically bribery or not, no one seems to know. Um, and they had a vote uh, in Parliament, and she lost because her own MPs voted against her, so, which must be pretty embarrassing, really. <laughs> but she's, she's, she's almost indestructible, Theresa May. Anything goes wrong, and she seems to be fine with it. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, I've called an election, not done very well. Yeah, it's fine. I'll carry on. I'll just sort of like say strong and stable. We'll be all right. Well, also um, within sort of uh, politics, they've been discussing the other week about uh, changing the rules or the sort of uh, the policy on organ donation. And they are looking at going to, I think, another country, I don't know if it's Wales that have done this first, possibly. Uh, and is it an opt-in, an opt-out system rather than an opt-in system? They're discussing the potential of changing the organ donation system to that. I believe so. I mean, I think the um, opt out system seems to be a lot more successful because they did it recently with pensions not too long ago and basically they've caught on to the fact that everyone is such a lazy sod that we can never be able to fill in paperwork to get out of something but we're happy to go into it but we can't bother to fill the paperwork to go into it it's quite it's quite an awkward subject really isn't it because although you think well yeah let's you know it should be an opt-out system that means everyone you know we, we can we can make use of people's organs who don't who don't you know live on and save lives and all that kind of thing but then it's it's quite a touchy subject at the same time isn't it because uh you know it's sort of distressing time for families and all that kind of thing but personally um if i died i mean i'm happy to donate my organs i mean what do i want with my old piano well exactly so what if you don't even own an organ and then it's not even an issue is it we were actually uh, I, I do a radio show a weekend there's a small plug there um and we do a song request hour and because of this uh, organ donation theme um being suggested uh, be, being the, the theme for songs so we do we did organ donation songs so i got listeners to phone up with songs that could relate to organ donation one and this time of year we had last christmas by wham requested because of last christmas i gave you my heart Oh, of course, yeah. The very next day I gave it away. But the best suggestion of all was um, Tom Jones and Help Yourself, uh, which the lyrics go, just help yourself to my lips, to my arms, and all that kind of thing, <laughs> which is a, in terms of organ do- donation, it's not, it, it's not, you, you can't, you know, the system might be changing, but it's not a case of just take what you want. It doesn't work like that. Exactly. I mean, of course, the Wham song, the original lyrics was, uh, last Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very next day the transplant failed. And <laughs> unfortunately... <laughs> Well, that was deemed too morbid to be at Christmas, where it's meant to be a happy time, isn't it? It didn't quite fit in, did it, either, with the sort of rhythm, either. It would have kind of ruined the song and taken the shine off it a little bit. Although, because uh, George Michael passed away, he actually died last Christmas, didn't he? Yeah, I wonder uh, if, he did, if his heart was given to anybody else. It could have been. What, what an intelligent song, first written and, in And this would be the Christmas that somebody would give it away. Yeah. Although, uh, oh, I no, was, that was the very next day, sorry. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was intrigued by... Somebody else might receive it this year. <laughs> It might it might be passed on <laughs> continuously um, just to make sure because it might actually, it might get to number one this year. George it, Michael could do last yeah Christmas. it could do. Uh, although this is this Christmas, not last Christmas. Right, okay. But it, when he passed away, his his partner had said on the news, uh, "It's really sad." Uh, particularly with it being around Christmas time. We think, well, don't matter what time of year it is when your partner passes away, surely it's bad news as opposed to just near Christmas. Well, put down on things. It's sad, yeah, it's sad anyway. Um, and moving on then from that, you've got your, your Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth. Um, I read the news this morning saying Queen Elizabeth II uh, has cost the British taxpayer £3.1 billion. Pounds. Uh, and apparently, the boat named after us cost her quite a lot as well. <laughs> and, and the headline I read was Queen Elizabeth uh, II is leaking. 
Uh, well, I suppose when you get to that age, it's probably not that uncommon, <laughs> is it? But uh, yeah, we've we've built a boat. It's cost us three point one billion pounds, and it lets water in. So that's not really a very good boat, is it? I heard I heard uh, somebody from I don't know if it's from the Royal Navy or something saying, yeah, it's a embarrassing headline, but actually, this is a normal amount of water to let in. Um, which I wouldn't I wouldn't like to hear that if I was boarding a ship. Yeah, we just you know let it board a load of water. It's fine. Yeah, I mean I think it said something about two hundred liters an hour, which I don't know if that's a lot or not a lot, but imagine trying to carry two hundred liters of you know two hundred no one hundred two liter bottles of pop back to your car. It'd be very heavy and quite a lot. I, I suspect it probably is, isn't going to sink a uh, a I'm not sure what kind of boat it is an aircraft carrier. Probably not going to sink that, but at the same time, it's not really very good, is it? Is it like a new warship sort of thing, is it, or something like that? Uh, I think so, yeah. Although, I mean, perhaps they've taken the plug out. Who Possibly. knows? Just put that back in. Put it sorted. back in. Although I was actually intrigued to find out the other day. I was watching something, and uh, there was a question about canals. And the canal in the Chesterfield Canal, obviously not too far away from here, uh, we're based in, in Sheffield. Uh, years ago, someone once was cleaning the canal, and there is actually an emergency plug on the canal, because all these canals that were built previously, you could actually pull a plug out and drain it. And this fellow was sent to clean it, knock something out, didn't realise he knocked the plug out, went back the next day, the canal wasn't there. Oh. It just drained the entire canal. <laughs> was Which it one was of them good. kind of plugs, that, the modern plugs that you get on the side of baths nowadays, where you have to yank something, it's not got a chain anymore, it's like a, a sort of sucker plunger thing that you have to like pull something out on the tap. I don't know, perhaps you've just got a, a button on the side that you could like press on and off and it rose up because of that. But uh, who knows on that one. Um, but also one thing I saw in the news as well was the final of the apprentice if you saw that uh, a controversial ending i don't do, do we have a spoiler alert feature on this uh we'll just do it now i suppose uh, yeah. spoiler spoiler do, do we want the sound effect first have we, got, have we got a spoiler alert sound effect um well let's just go with um <laughs> will that do <laughs> not really but you know we've done that haven't we um so uh there was a, a that's that's our spoiler alert sound effect you should, you should have just said spoiler alert um <laughs> On The Apprentice, uh, I'm not sure if you watched The Apprentice, great programme. All the contestants, you know, I feel sorry for Alan Sugar. You know, he tries to give out a quarter of a billion pounds investment and every year like 16 more on Stern Up. Um, and this year, he said, the quality of the contestants I've had has been this good. I can't decide between the two of you. Presumably that means they're both that thick that they can't quite work out which, uh, which one's the better of the two bad options. And he said, I'm going to invest in both of you. So he gave two lots of investment out and declared it a draw. I was intrigued because uh, just before that was Sports Personality of the Year. Can you imagine if they were reading the award out and said, <laughs> and the Sports Personality of this year goes to uh, everyone, everyone. Yeah, it's, it's about taking part that counts, really, I mean, isn't it? Just think how good a TV it would have been if you just said, look, I can't decide. Um, right, you're going to have an egg and spoon race or something <laughs> like that just to try and, just to try and uh, get, you know, get, somebody, uh, get, get someone winning but by a different method, I suppose. Yeah. We'll make good TV. Um, speaking of uh, good TV and, and sports and so on, um, how's the cricket been going, Fisher? Because Fisher? I know you're a cricket fan. Do you just want to play the intro for the next section, please? So, what I want to do, Fisher, is uh, we want to do some casting for a new nativity play because uh, I realised that the Christmas nativity, it's getting quite old, isn't it? It's been the same for quite a few years, you know, Mary Joseph walking to a stable and having a baby and all that kind of thing. I think that's the original story of Christmas and that's why we actually celebrate it. But I think it could be modernised a little bit. I don't know about you. What do you reckon? Yeah, in this day and age, you can just make anything up, can't you? So I thought, first of all, we need to start with a cast. I mean, we'll, we'll probably not meddle with the story too much because, you know, that, that would that would be ridiculous and the story's, uh, you know, ba- the story's a story for the reason it is. It's already well-established, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's a good, solid uh, 
area to work with. Well, not trying, but like with uh, common films where they try and sort of recast people and do the same story, but just with a new cast. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll try and do that, shall we? Uh, so I thought we'd maybe choose some celebrities who could play the certain parts. So first of all, uh, you've got Mary, of course. She's the sort of lead character in all this, along with Joseph. Uh, but Mary... Um, in terms of, could, could you suggest any, any celebrities, other celebrities who might be willing of that Mary role? I've got one lined up. I thought if, if there's any others that you could think of. Um, well, she claims to be a virgin, so probably no one from Essex. And not Madonna? Not Madonna, no. Oh, yes, she claims to be <laughs> like a virgin, but obviously not an actual virgin. Yeah, but she was touched for the very first time. Yeah, and she, didn't she meet Jesus in the video for um, Like a Prayer? Possibly, yeah. So, yeah. And she does end up with uh, children without having sex. That's because it she usually well adopts. Because she usually adopts them. Yeah, it's a bit different if you buy them, isn't it? <laughs> um, sorry, adopts them. <laughs> so yeah, I think I would actually be a very good idea. Um, but I, who have you gone for? Well, Jimbo? the person I've gone for is is Theresa May, our, our Prime Minister. Uh, the reason I thought this is because it's somebody you know, Mary in the story of uh, of, of Christmas. She's kind of uh, trying to. She's trying to get somewhere, and she's just trying to. She's sort of traveling around, trying to get somewhere, getting an in, doing a bit of negotiating with innkeepers, and not having much luck, which is. <laughs> what's going on with Theresa May at the minute um, and also um, she claims to be strong and stable but actually she's strong and unstable so I thought instead we could put we could you know she could be in a stable yeah do you think she'd sort of like <laughs> claim that we have organised a great hotel room for this birth to take place in and it turned out they were just that little stable with the uh, sort of animals living in it and stuff <laughs> possibly so. So I think I think that's a very good choice, Jimbo. Very very good uh, good option. With the horde of uh, D D U P uh, people as the sort of angels looking over a sort of thing, possibly could well be. Coming I think to the rescue. I think with her there would certainly be a shortage of wise men around her. <laughs> uh, as well as that, um, if she was the only doubt, the only sort of doubts I've got about Mary playing, uh, sorry Theresa May playing the part of Mary is that you don't want to be having a coffin fit in a barn with an oxen. Um, <laughs> it could be quite disastrous. It could be. It could. And then we've got Joseph. Um, any suggestions for Joseph? I mean, again, you want you want somebody quite strong, someone quite um, you know quite quite good at, at being on the move because uh, they do a lot of sort of walking around with that donkey, don't they? So he's a carpenter. Um, he's a carpenter. So, I don't know. If, is there any famous woodworkers out there? I, I was trying to think that the other day. I can't really think of any in particular. Maybe uh, I know he's not a woodworker, but maybe remember Charlie off Ground Force. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie he's quite like... hard working. Oh no, no, I'm not about the gentleman. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Walsh, one, yeah. Tom, maybe Tommy Walsh, someone like that. I don't know. But you've came up with a suggestion for this one. Uh, well, I thought um, for Joseph. Now his wife was impregnated by someone else that wasn't him. Um, so I was thinking maybe Prince Charles. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, we'll... Alleg- allegedly, um... <laughs> uh, we'll move on. What about the donkey? Any uh, contenders for the donkey? Um, well, Theresa May again, possibly <laughs> uh, would be a good option. Theresa May play every part in this she activity. Could do, yeah. Um, so that would be a potential one. Um, Nigel Farage, maybe a good donkey. Um, I don't know who have you gone with. Well, we've gone with Romelu Lukaku. Um, he's not had the the, the best of starts at Manchester United. He, uh, he's been a bit up and down, I suppose. I don't think every Man United fans uh, completely convinced with him yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've gone with Romelu Lukaku, um, as he might get the name of a donkey. Um, yeah. But anyway, moving on, shepherds. Now, this is a part of the um, the nativity. I think I'd like to sort of modernise a little bit um, because the in you know shepherds. Mm, do we really do we really have shepherds anymore? We, I mean, we do. Obviously, we we have to have shepherds, but uh, we don't really have them sat in fields anymore. Do we sat there watching sheep? You know, I don't know, waiting I mean, for stars to appear and angels and stuff. Maybe I thought we could have like a um, instead of shepherds, we could have like drone fleet managers or something like that. Because it, apparently in the future, it's going to be um, drones that are delivering our parcels, isn't it? I'm not aware that 
sheep previously delivered parcels. I, I know or... that, but but the, you know, the, in future, one of the jobs of the future is going to be drone managers. Apparently, the fleet yeah. managers. So, you know, like you have sort of like logistics managers and things mm. like that. It'll be drone managers and things like that. Maybe maybe those or something more modern. YouTube vloggers. Could be, yeah. They, good get, a good, they get a good following, you know, mm. like with the sheep and all that kind of thing. So maybe Jack Maynard, yeah, um, having cleared his, uh, you know, deleted some of his old tweets, yeah, we could have him in the, in the Christmas nativity. Now he's gone back and deleted everything. Actually, the the name Shepherd um, gives its name to shepherd's pies and cottage. Well, obviously not cottage pies, but uh, the difference between you know what the difference between shepherd's pie and uh, cottage pies? There's a cheese on top of one of them. Nope. Um, well, shepherd's pie is made with lamb, and cottage pie is made with beef. Right. Okay. Although I had one yesterday, it was maybe mince, but apparently it's, <laughs> apparently it's lamb mince and beef mince. Is it not uh, red sky in the morning, you're having shepherd's pie, uh, red sky at night, it's cottage pie, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Black sky in the morning, actually it's still night. Um, but yeah, that, so that's where the name comes from. So the name shepherd thinks of lamb. My dad used to say red sky at night, uh, shepherd's light, red sky in the morning, shepherd's barn's on fire. But anyway, <laughs> um, moving on. Uh, so three wise men. Now this is an interesting one. We've got. A, I, I went with three wise men rather than three kings. Um, because I thought wise men might work better. There might be some wise men in society that we could pick, mm-hmm. some wise celebrities. First of all, I went with Jeremy Corbyn as one of them because earlier this year uh, he had a surprise election performance. People really doubted him, didn't they? Didn't expect him to sort of uh, get the kind of well, I, I can't really say the result, but get the sort of support that he got in the end and the amount of votes that he probably got and so on. Yep. Well, it looks like he was trying to get into young voters quite early there, wasn't he? Sort of Jesus, literally a few days old and <laughs> well, a few hours old, and Corbyn's already in there trying to get. In, get in. <laughs> About for next election, um, but as well as that, he's he's one of the the, the wise, as wise men. He's the one who might give gold to the less fortunate, and that's what they uh, they did. They give gifts and maybe giving gold to the less fortunate. Yeah. Although he might be too busy headlining a music festival to actually show up to the nativity, I'm not sure. Well, yeah, he, he's very popular with youngsters and he does appear on stage at Glastonbury and that sort of stuff. And he, he might get there by train. Um, sat in the sort of luggage compartment. Yeah, sat on the floor instead of going on donkey. Because I thought instead of following a sat-nav, uh, instead of following a star, we could follow a sat-nav instead, um, you know, to sort of modernise that as well. Who's going to follow a star nowadays? Well, now you've got sat-navs. Well, Corbyn cycles everywhere, I think, doesn't he? Unless he's on the train, so... Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the next wise man, Richard Osman. Um, he's the one from Pointless... Um, and he also does some brilliant other game shows, uh, and his tweets in particular as well about the World Cup of things. And I think he did World Cup of Christmas songs um, recently. Do you know which what came out as the winner in his uh, World Cup of I Christmas songs? I don't know whether it was Fairy Tale of New York or Last Christmas. I think they were in the final. They were in the final, and it was Fairy Tale of New York. And Alan, Alan Sugar jumped in and said, <laughs> "You're both going to win it." <laughs> That's right. Um, no, it, it was. It, it was. Uh, if it now, if, if it was a song about, if it was World Cup of Organ Donation songs, it might have been Last Christmas. But it wasn't. It was last. It was World Cup of Christmas songs, and it was Fairy Tale New New York that won that one. Um, next, then we've got. Uh, so yeah, Richard Osman, and the final uh, wise man would be Professor Brian Cox, because if the satnav does fail, and we do have to start reverting to old methods and following stars, he's the one that you're probably going to want to follow. Uh, want the help to follow the star. Yeah, the star of Bethlehem, which sounds like a reality to TV program, The X Factor in Israel or something like that, doesn't it? <laughs> but how uh, come we not chose Dennis Wise? Well, that would have been a good one. Is yeah. he even doing much at the moment? Was he Was he an I'm a Celebrity? He was an I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, but now isn't. And afterwards, he came out and said that... Sorry, when I say he came out, he was ejected from the jungle and said that um, he does a lot of property stuff nowadays. Right, OK, um, fair apparently. enough. So obviously, we're well, not playing football. I don't think he's managing anyone. So. And then I thought if we were going to do the sequel to The Christmas Story, which is the... If you've ever sort of heard or, you know, if it's the sort of King Herod story about how he sort of hunted down uh, Jesus and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we thought we could have Donald Trump playing that. 
Oh, actually, originally when I was planning this, I put down that King Herod could play Donald Trump. That would probably <laughs> be more appropriate, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but on that as well, the thing is, we're not the only people doing this, Fisher, uh, doing this casting for a modern version of the Christmas Nativity. I've heard that uh, disgraced Hollywood director Harvey Weinstein, I've said his name right, haven't I? Uh, yep. Yep. He's apparently uh, directing uh, adult Christmas nativities, and he's currently <laughs> uh, casting and looking for an ox uh, for the stable scene and a lady to play Mary. He says he's looking for Mary with a nice ass. So, on to the regular, irregular feature, which today, uh, Chris Fisher has prepared me a Christmas quiz. Now, last time you did a quiz, um, I did pretty well. It, it was the uh, you did quite well. Yeah. It was the uh, My Street or High Street game. So I'm hoping to do just as well today on your Christmas quiz. Uh, yeah, it's the imaginatively named uh, Christmas quiz. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well done for giving that some yeah. thought. If anyone, if anyone likes to write in with ideas for who uh, or what we could call this uh, particular quiz, then that would be much appreciated. It's a good job but, you're not the people who are who are naming these Christmas beers, mm-hmm. um, like this one called that we're drinking today from Pennine Brewery Co. Jingle Bell Rock. You just name yours. A Christmas beer. What's <laughs> yeah, wrong with that? Uh, I have actually got a question about Jingle Bells coming up, but uh, it's about the traditions of Christmas anyway. Uh, so, first question is, before turkey, the traditional Christmas meal in England was, was it a pig's head and mustard or a lamb and mint sauce? Okay. If it was a pig's head and mustard, um, I'd be w- worried about eating that in case David Cameron's been anywhere near it. Um, <laughs> so, I'm just for the, the just for the, the sake of... I'm going to go with the, the, the other one. The, what's the other second one? Uh, lamb and mint sauce. I'm going to go with lamb and mint sauce just because I, I, I wouldn't like the thought of, of a pig's head um, after the old David Cameron uh, alleged story from uh, his time at the... Was it the sort of boys uh, club thing that in, he was in? At Oxford, yeah. Um, well, obviously, lamb and mint sauce. Obviously, lamb connecting in with the shepherds that are in the nativity story would be wrong. Oh, right. It I'm was. Sorry. Pig said, have you got any sound effects for when you get it right and wrong? Oh, here we go. Okay, we've got, we've got some booing and jeering. Um, so, in... Oh, since... This, you should get this one, so no pressure. Okay. Since 1947, which country has sent a Christmas tree to London to thank us for our help during the Second World War? Is it Austria or Norway? Um, I'm going to go with, uh, with with Austria, I think. Do you want to have another guess? <laughs> uh, it is it is Norway. No uh, way. Norway, yes. No, all right, okay, fair yeah. enough. Yep, that was Norway. Uh, done that since, well, yeah, uh, helping the Second World War. Did they send it pre decorated or? Uh, I've no idea. Just I don't that rub- bubble wrap it and, you know, so it's all ready. Or does somebody have to go, oh, that Christmas tree is here from Norway again. Someone's going to have to decorate it and find somewhere to put it. Yeah, we don't, we don't even ask for it. I think they put it up, <laughs> I think put it up in Trafalgar Square. Right, fair enough. Okay. Main, main feature. Um, so, St. Nicholas is believed to be from which following country? Is it Hungary or Turkey? I know this one. Um, and um, I'm going to go with Turkey. You're right. Yes. Uh, we eat turkey on Christmas Day. I'm not sure whether that's actually as a result of something living there. I suppose it's a good job he's not from Hungary, else we'd have to go <laughs> hungry. And I suppose it's also a good job he's not from Greece or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's where he's from, allegedly. Um, so, who introduced a Christmas tree to the UK? Was it Prince Albert, and he got it from Germany? Or was it Charles Darwin, uh, following a trip to Galapagos Islands, where he learned about evolution and brought a Christmas tree back with him? Um, I'm going to go Prince Albert. Your Prince Albert is right. 
I started giving myself a boo accidentally because I thought I'd got it wrong anyway. Uh, you, you were right. Uh, Prince Albert. Not the thing he's most famous for, obviously. Um, what, what is he most famous for? I couldn't possibly say <laughs> on, a, on a family podcast. <laughs> um, I was going to ask that. I didn't think it would be the same one, but never mind. Um, so whilst mince pies... Is that why, is that why they hang baubles on, on Christmas trees <laughs> and things like that? <laughs> it could, could well be. Ha- hanging decorations on, on, on things. It could be, it could be. So uh, mince pies. We've got mince pies. Um... Nowadays, they are mainly vegetarian. Has this always been the case? Yes, they have always contained that weird mincemeat stuff, even though it's not actually mince. Or no, they used to contain beef and spices. You could have asked this one on our uh, vegan podcast uh, a month or so ago. Actually, that would be appropriate time for Christmas, <laughs> wouldn't it? Uh, well, probably, yeah. I'm going to go with uh, the second one. So that the, the previous used to contain beef and spices? Yes. Uh, you'll be right. Uh, a lot of people use the phrase Xmas because it removes the reference to Christ and it's therefore a good non-religious way of talking about the festive period. What is actually the case, though? Is it that the letter X is symbolic for Christ in ancient Greek and it represents the symbol by the cross? Or is it in the 1940s people want to celebrate Christmas in a non-religious context, so started substituting the word Christ with an X as a placeholder and it just stuck? Um, well, see... I would have gone with it. Maybe it didn't fit into people's uh, tweets when it was <laughs> when it was only 140 <laughs> characters. So maybe someone in the olden days thought, you know what, this isn't going to fit Twitter when Twitter comes out. Let's change it to Xmas. Back in the days when Twitter only got 12 characters in it. Yeah. Good idea. So what we so what was the other what were the options again? So here? it is actually religious, and the X represents Christ in ancient Greek language. Or people basically crossed out the Christ, put an X as a bit of a placeholder. We'll think of another word. Never came up with one, and they just kept Xmas there. I'm gonna in that case then like i said for just basically saving writing it all the time i'm gonna go the second one you're wrong oh it it is actually from ancient greek okay um how big is the world's tallest christmas tree Uh, and it was from washington and it was put in a shopping mall in the 1950s was it around 67 meters which, just to let you know, I'm not sure if I want a bit of context for that, that is around a similar height to the Hallam Shospital, a few metres lower than that. Or, or Peter Crouch. Or Peter Crouch, yeah. Or was it around 67 feet, um, which if you want any context, that's probably about the length of 67 feet. Um, um, so that's, that, that's about 21 metres, so about a third of the size of the Hallam Shospital. I'm going to go for the size of the Hallam Shospital. Uh, 67 metres, you are correct. Oh, excellent. And it was... <laughs> and it was... Probably placed in the world's largest shopping mall, I guess, if it could. I mean, how many, how many shopping malls do you know that are like that high? You stick it out of the roof, man. Stick maybe. it hanging out of the roof, probably, yeah. Um, so, what happened to Christmas in the UK between nine, uh, 1647 and 1660? Was it that the term Christmas was banned and replaced with the phrase Winterville, so as not to offend anyone, other than uh, but the celebrations remained the same? Or was it banned completely and you were not allowed to celebrate at all? I'm going to go, uh, I can't imagine it being banned completely. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the first one. So you think it was replaced by the phrase Winterville, but everything stayed the same? Yeah. You're wrong. Oh, really? Oh, very well. The Puritans and Oliver Cromwell banned Christmas uh, between the years 1647 and 1660. I bet people saved a bit of money that year. Oh, I bet they did, yeah. I can imagine Nigel Farage's great-great-great-great-great-granddad was fuming <laughs> at the idea. And I bet there were like a lot of turkeys wandering around as well. You know, like, as many turkeys as there is pigeons. Just like on the street, you can't, can't move for turkeys. And a very young Bernard Matthews was rubbing his fingers. <laughs> well, disappointed because he's not selling any turkeys, no doubt. It was overrun with it. Um, but yeah, the, the phrase Winterville was actually used by Birmingham City Council in the 1990s to try not to offend people and uh, attract a lot of criticism. 
Um, so where does the tradition of kissing under the mistletoe come from? I would advise that we've not actually got any mistletoe here, by the way, <laughs> even though we are sort of like close proximity. Uh, is it from the Greek god Cupid, who used the stem of mistletoe plants to weave it into a crown and kiss people underneath it? Or is it from the Norse goddess of love, Frigga, who was associated with the plants? <laughs> Hence the term Frigga under the mistletoe. <laughs> hmm, could we have a Frigga under the mistletoe? Uh, I, I think I think I might go with the first one, the Cupid one, because that's that's the one I've heard I've heard of Cupid and the whole Cupid thing, love and all that. So I'll go with that one. <laughs> you are wrong. Oh right, okay. So it just come from frick, having a frigger under the mistletoe. Uh, no, it comes from the well, it comes from the Norse goddess of love, Frigga. Although I can imagine that uh, people like Donald Trump with his locker room talk could say, "Oh, it was great. I, I frigged her under the mistletoe and all that sort of stuff." <laughs> so um, it's, that, that's where it's uh, that is where it comes from. And uh, the final question, final question. Uh, obviously, we've got some Jingle Bell Rocks beer. Um, so in terms of the song Jingle Bells, does it? contain no references to Christmas as it's sung about winter and not Christmas but it does mention the word fanny or does it contain Christmas references and the third verse refers to all of the reindeer individually and it also mentions the word breast right well I probably lost with that one because I was trying while he was while he was reading it, I was trying to sing jingle bells in my head and then and I, 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 I actually don't know many words to jingle bells and when I do start singing it in my head I just start singing Batman smells okay. Robin laid an egg so I, I'm struggling with it I, um, think, I think you were just distracted by the words fanny and breast to be honest. <laughs> possibly yeah <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go I'll go with that one then and uh, the second one I think so you think it, it does contain Christmas references and the third verse references all the reindeers individually as well as mention the word breast yes. You're wrong. Oh. Someone's had to make up these wrong answers. That was me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Took me ages to do this in preparation for a podcast. Um, it's, it is actually just a winter song, and it was originally for Thanksgiving, right, which is okay. where it just talks about on a sly, one horse open sly. So it's not actually to do with Father Christmas with the eight reindeer on the sly. It's just about trying to go through transport in the snow. Mm, laughing all the way. Okay, so um, that is pretty much all we've got time for. We've just got a little bit of time to sort of cover our social media things, do a few mentions. First of all, I'd like to mention uh, Henry Clendon, who got in touch with us after watching the podcast. He, now, watched, I, he watched it. I didn't sorry, he listened to the podcast, sorry. Uh, he probably did try. Knowing Henry, he probably did try to watch it, actually, because I've got some funny stories about Henry. And Because I started... I, I, when I was, I, I was planning this podcast <laughs> the other day, I thought to myself, okay, shall I give Henry a mention? Yeah, yeah, we will. He's, he's tweeted us, let's give Henry mention and then I thought to myself actually I could probably do an entire podcast on Henry because he's that much of a character um, so Henry works with me, with myself at uh, the university that I work at and there's some funny I, I, I want the, the best thing is what once we had a new member of staff join the office okay uh, you got a question does Henry work as a hoover he, he's not no, a hoover okay. no sorry no he, he's not a hoover but I, I imagine he's very good at hoovering as well yeah. um, but but no Henry when Henry joined when after a, bit, a while after Henry joined uh, and he sort of settled into the office we had another member of staff join um, who had a na- who, who, whose name's Hash okay his, his, his nickname's Hash I suppose and we all knew this, this gentleman called Hash was coming to work in our team and Henry um, bless him sat there at his desk thought right Hash is here like, I'm going to get up I'm going to go introduce myself you know my name Henry, hi Hash, that kind of thing. And poor Henry got up, uh, went over to Hash and said, 
hi, Henry, I'm Hash. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Henry's going to be leaving soon. He's going back to work in St. Albans, which is where he's from. And it's such a, it's just a shame because he makes me laugh all the time. And the other funny story I've got about him is the time that we went to a conference. or No, we went to another university in London, sorry, uh, just to kind of shadow some of their work, sort of sharing best practice sort of things. And uh, on the train down, he was telling me about the uh, time that he's uh, left his suitcase on the train and how devastating it were and how much of a nightmare it were trying to get all this stuff back together because he was going down to stay in London on that occasion. And this occasion, he was also going to stay in London for the weekend because it was on a Friday. Uh, So he was telling me about the time that he he lost his suitcase on the train and all that kind of thing. And then as I got on the train home, later on on my way home, just as I was getting on the train, got a call from Henry Dinta saying, Jimbo... (laughs) I've left my suitcase on the train. Is poss- could you possibly speak to the conductor about it, please? But I, I thought I just had to mention him because we could actually do a full podcast just about the character that is Henry. He's an amazing... Fa- and I've, I've given him one of the Bradfield Blue Beers, which we tried on our first um, podcast back after four years, didn't we? Yep, and good people. They retweeted us. They did retweet us. Oh. Uh, and I, I've given a, Henry a Belgian Blue to take home, to something to take a little bit of Sheffield home with him. Uh, so thanks for getting in touch, Henry. Uh, over a cu- couple of social media sort of things, then we saw a couple of things on on social media. First of all, you've got one about smutty pantos. Yes, I can't. I was attracted to a story that I'd seen. Obviously, we mentioned pantos uh, earlier on and doing our nativity play. Um, and there was a pantomime in Manchester which included John Barrowman and the Crankies. So what a shame we haven't had a chance to see that. <laughs> um, and apparently, Jeanette Cranky did a common thing that she used to do, which is you used to you undo your fly and you put your finger through your fly hole, so it makes it look like you've got your willy out. Obviously, you look like you've, you've got a very thin finger-like willy. <laughs> um, and that obviously I made no some idea of, what you're talking about. No, no, me neither. <laughs> um, and so that made some of the children laugh and people complain it was a bit smut- smutty. Um, and then John Barrowman, it was this, the, guess, guess which smutty panto they were in. Dick Whittington. Dick Whittington, of course, <laughs> yeah. And obviously, there was one point where John Barrowman started chanting, Alice loves Dick, Alice loves Dick as in Dick Whittington, um, but some children who went to watch the pantomime, that was their favourite bit of it and apparently started <laughs> chanting it on the way home. Um, so that's obviously attracted a bit of unwanted attention. Uh, but there was some there was some criticism, wasn't there, of it? Um, and I think you you pointed out that the name of the person criticising it was also a little bit smutty, weren't it? Uh, yeah, I think her name was Natalie Wood, so uh, no <laughs> doubt she's used to having smutty names. Uh, as well as that, we uh, there was a bit of a we saw, we saw a news article, didn't we, about um, Nigel Farage and he's complaining or he's sort of having a bit of a moan because since Brexit he's uh, suffered a bit of trauma, such as his car getting vandalised. He's uh, he's been he's been he's received harassment, has he, or something like that, and he's now skint. Yeah, and homeless, as he's saying, or, or skint and partnerless, I or something he, like that. I think his wife um, has separated from him. Um, although I think it is his wife actually European. I thought so. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> perhaps he voted to get rid of her. Who knows? Um, although actually, in campaign, bear in mind his main job was a member of the European Parliament. In campaign for Brexit, is basically campaign to sack himself. Um, which good on you, Nigel. Thanks for thanks for doing that. Thanks for taking him on for the team. Um, but he complained in a newspaper review that he was fifty three, separated, and skint. Um, so I'm not sure whether that could he could put that maybe on a Tinder profile or something. <laughs> when, yeah. when I when I read the article about him uh, having his car vandalised, all I could think of uh, was the uh, image from the uh, Alan Partridge series, the cockpit Partridge. Cockpit Partridge, yes. <laughs> and changed it to uh, Cook 
Bass Babtridge or something Pass like that, yeah. Babtridge or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you imagine Nigel Farage going on Tinder with that uh, that thing? You know, you can. He claims he is fifty three, separated and skint. I don't know how you use Tinder. But my understanding is, if you don't like him, you can swipe left. And if you do like him, you can swipe far right. Well, particularly if it's uh, Nigel Farage. Yeah. Any anyway. Um. So we, just to give our sort of Twitter account addresses and stuff for anybody who wants to get in touch. By the way, we seem to have a lot of listeners in California, San Jose, San Jose, San, San Jose. Sorry, I'm not not very good with my. Uh, yeah. As in, as in the what do you call two Spanish firemen? <laughs> house A and House B. <laughs> so yeah, we've got straight a fair, out of the Christmas cracker that we've one. We've got a fair few uh, listeners in that in that sort of part of the world. Um, so a big shout out to San Jose and yeah. California in general. Yep, we're not too sure of the way to San Jose, but uh, if someone could maybe write a song advising of that, would be much appreciated. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, so just to, if you do want to get in touch with us, our Twitter account is at Waste of Webspace. Uh, you can also check out our Facebook page, which is Waste of Webspace. We have a website, wasteofwebspace.co.uk, and there's a counter on there so you can see how many people have wasted their time there. Yep. Uh, at the moment, I think it's just is it two, or I don't know. Me no, and it's you. in the thousands. Oh, it's it thousands. is in the thousands. Might be the same people wasting their time there. Yeah. Good on you, and thank you very much for your time. Uh, but we have got a little bit of a poem to finish off on, and it's a nice poem, actually. It's a serious poem, um, because we, we want to sort of... It's a sort of... With a bit of a theme to Christmas, it's got a bit of a thing to it, hasn't it? So I'll, I'll let you carry on, Fisher, and end the podcast for us while I finish this amazing Jingle Bell rock beer uh, brought to us by Pennine Brewing Co. And thank you for Beer Central in the more market for uh, for providing us with this. Well, I actually went and bought it, but thanks for the suggestion and actually having it in stock. Yeah, thanks for allowing us to buy it from your shop. That is much appreciated. <laughs> very good of you. Um, but obviously, it's getting towards Christmas, and we hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas. Um, but you know, some people uh, are missing people at Christmas. Uh, and I'm one of those. My grandmother, unfortunately, uh, passed away a couple of weeks ago. And um, we're both very lucky, aren't we, Jimbo? Because we've both got families who are very, very supportive of, uh, of the stuff that we do. We are, yes. Even the absolute tat like this. Our families are very supportive. That's um, right. And we're, uh, we're, uh, is this your way of trying to say we're one listener down? <laughs> uh, unfortunately not, no. But, uh, yeah, that's not, unf- I don't think she'd approve of some of the stuff you're talking about. I don't think so. I don't I don't think she listens to the podcast as far as I'm aware. But as I say, we are both very lucky to have very supportive families, um, as hopefully you are as well. And uh, we very much appreciate that um, you know, some people, whilst they look forward to Christmas, will be missing uh, people in their lives. So I thought I'd read a poem that uh, I read at a funeral uh, last week. Uh, it's called One at Rest by Anon. Who, uh, he writes loads of poems, that bloke, that Anon bloke, doesn't he? Um, but I think it actually stands for Anonymous. So... Uh, uh, I'll read the poem in honour of my uh, my late grandma who uh, passed away aged 88 uh, a few weeks ago. So, think of me as one at rest. For you, you should not weep. I have no pain, no troubled thoughts, for I am just asleep. The living thinking me that was is now forever still, and life goes on without me now as time forever will. If your heart is heavy now because I've gone away, dwell not long upon it, friend, for none of us can stay. Those of you who liked me, I sincerely thank you all, and for those of you who love me, I thank you most of all. And in my fleeting lifespan, as time went rushing by, I found some time to hesitate, to laugh, to love, and to cry. Matters it now if time began, if time will ever cease. I was here, I used it all, and now I am at peace. So thank you very much for listening, and we hope you have a wonderful Christmas. On behalf of myself and Jimbo from the Bicester Web Thank you very much.